Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. It's transfer deadline day, so on today's episode, Simon says he doesn't like the January window and that clubs should be able to buy and sell players all year round. Football finance expert Kieran Maguire explains how Chelsea have been able to spend so much money this window. As well as all that, I challenge Simon on whether or not he's been hypocritical with regard to Chelsea's spending compared with Manchester City and Newcastle. Simon, 20 years of the January transfer window. When you look at it, three billion quid has been spent in 20 years of the window. Has it enhanced the English game or harmed it? A bit of both, I think. I think it's enhanced it because it's made it such a spectacle in terms of the broadcasters have made such a hullabaloo. You're responsible for that, by the way. Thank you. Of the new transfer window that it's made it such a stable diet of the football world that it's increased the opportunities for broadcasters to want to generate revenue for football because they see the benefit of the viewing figures, of the advertising revenues that can be generated around markets like this. And they know it's part of the football pyramid's now thinking around the world. And the Premier League sits on top of that pyramid amongst all domestic leagues. That's the upside The downside is it's created a landscape of inflated transfer fees, ridiculous valuations, over-egging of the pudding, which give agents more power and more influence in the game. And that has its own negative effects because you're now in a situation where agents divide football clubs from their players. They create disharmony. You see situations like you saw from the boy from Brighton wanting to put something out on social media because he knows that the leverage is there. And you see it repeatedly and endlessly and player power becomes more of an equation because they know that time is against this scenario. Bad business comes in time-limited spaces where you're trying to find a way to, to create a solution to a problem but only have a certain amount of time to do it in. So with all those things in mind... I think if you're looking at it on the balance of which is better and which is worse, I think it's 60-40 in favour of it being worse. Yeah, but if you had your way, you'd have the window open all season. Indeed I would. So it would be crazy time for 12 Mm, months. No, it wouldn't. It would be more balanced, more measured, more considered, more constructive, less about racing down egg timers to get to the point where you're seeing people being bought for ridiculous prices on the last day of a window. Uh, Agents don't have the leverage. Players don't have the leverage. People have the ability to be a fleet of foot. And by the way, what's also important, and I know we do spend time thinking about it this isn't about 20 clubs in the Premier League this is about 72 clubs outside of the Premier League that sometimes need to trade players at times when their cash flow is gone 
So if you've got a player and you're in banging trouble and your owner runs out of money in October, you can't do anything until January. And then everybody, by that time, everyone knows that you're out of money. And so what happens then is the player you're trying to sell for a decent value is then devalued to get the person out of trouble in the first place. I think it's a restrictive trade. I think it's poor. I understand from the media point of view why it works. I understand from the show business point of view why it works. But you need a deadline, Simon. No. No, no. If you didn't have a deadline, you'd have Anthony Gordon situations on a regular basis. You'd have Moises Casado situations on a regular basis. You'd have ability to be able to trade when you wanted to, when you needed to. You'd be able to supplement. Now, I'm not suggesting you should have it open post-March because then you start to see clubs that are in second from bottom of the league buying clubs, players and people that are full from bottom to be able to affect outcomes that then start to, to sort of pollute the sporting integrity of something. But I do believe that freedom of trade in any other industry exists. Deadlines, you're right, Jim. Deadlines are always a good thing because it concentrates the minds of people and it concentrates an outcome. You know, that's why we constantly hear when clubs go into administration, there's a deadline. Now, we know that deadlines are full start because most of the time those deadlines are never hit. In football terms, it makes deals happen. But what it does do is it makes deals happen in the worst possible way with the worst possible economics. And whether people like it or they don't, Football is a business. Yeah. And people getting paid too much money. And that's why perhaps there's more energy behind starting to regulate agents to take that out of the equation so that kind of money doesn't get ripped out of the system. But I don't like it. I believe that you should be able to buy and sell players when you want. It was only ever brought in to cut to combat the Bosman r- ruling. And at the same time as people like Alex Ferguson were supporting it, well, that was great for Man United at the time because they could easily buy and not have to worry about having to do things at different times in the season because they could buy what they wanted when they wanted and afford to have a window closed on them because they'd done their business. Okay. Some people can't operate that way. Seems it's here to stay though, Simon. Like it or not like oh, yeah, it. But absolutely. it seems it's here to stay. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. What we do know is this, regards Chelsea, Chelsea mob-handed in Lisbon right now. Medical staff are there, a plane is there, waiting to get the deal done to bring Argentinian World Cup winner Enzo Fernandez to London to join Chelsea in a deal that could rise to £115 million. So we're currently in this window at uh, £511 million. A third of that is Chelsea. So that would catapult Chelsea's spending to about 300 million quid. In the two windows uh, gone by, this one and the previous one, their spend will be half a billion pounds if they land Enzo Fernandez. And there's nothing to suggest, having triggered the release clause, that they won't do that. They're, they're on the money to do that. Uh, football finance expert, author of Price of Football, Kieran Maguire joins us, uh, Simon. Kieran, good morning. It's a question for you and it's a question for Simon. Regards FFP, how in hell's name are Chelsea doing this? Well, what Chelsea have done is that they've secured players on long-term contracts. And under the accounting rules, if you sign a £50 million player on a three-year contract, you, you spread the cost over the life of the contract. So that'd be £16 or £17 million a year. If you spread it over an eight-year contract, then it drops the cost to six. And Chelsea have done this repeatedly. So um, they've they've taken advantage of what might be seen as a bit of uh, uh, slackness in, in the FFP and accounting rules. But when they sell a player, all of the profits of the sale go into the accounts immediately. So if they sold Conor Gallagher today for 40 million and they've got players coming in on seven year contracts, that would allow them to spend 280 and it'd be a net zero as far as FFP in the transfer market was concerned. Right. Well, Kieran, Simon doesn't believe that long contracts are uh, any kind of loophole, do you? No, they're they're not a loophole. It's it's an investment. Um, 
And Chelsea believe that these players are going to increase in value over the years. So that means in two or three years' time, should the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona come a-calling, then you've got the likes of Mudrick still with five years remaining on a contract. So Chelsea, in theory, should be able to um, generate maximum sales value from the players provided they're good. The downside is what happens if they're another Winston Bogard or, or, or similar <laughs> players who, who haven't delivered. But if that's the case, Kieran, now come to Simon in a second, why are Chelsea seemingly the only ones who are doing this? Because Chelsea are taking a very big risk. Other clubs tend to um, look at the, the maximum amount of commitment. They know that player, player values cannot be guaranteed um, indefinitely, and therefore they don't want to commit themselves for seven to eight years. It's also, it also ties up, effectively, it ties up spots on your 25-man squad for, for significant periods of time. Um, and and uh, the other owners don't seem keen to want to go down that particular route. You're nodding in agreement with Kieran. Well, yeah. I mean, Kieran, uh, I spend a lot of time talking to Kieran because he's one of the most intelligent uh, financial uh, guys around football. So I sense check things with Kieran. So we'll be in the same space about a lot of things. Todd Bowles is he's the only guy who's bought a football club for two and a half billion quid. So it's not surprising, albeit private equity money behind him, it's not surprising that the manner in which he's operating has a different feel and look about it. It's one thing the Glazers coming in, putting 200 million quid down, gearing the rest of Man United and getting Man United bought with their own money. It's another thing using private equity money to buy a football club at top-end value, albeit when Man United are being told they can go for 7 billion quid, that's arguable. And then you look at the argument around what he's doing, he's trying to commercialise his thinking. If you look at what Chelsea have done over the last five years, between 17 and 21, they've actually had a, a net depreciation, Kieran, of about £50 million pounds a season. They've, they've, they've sold players at a £410 million profit and they've had £650 million of a depreciation. So every year, when they buy players, it's costing them £50 million quid. If their turnover is £400 million a year, they're operating right on the margins. What I can't see is a 22 accounts because the way that financial fair play works, Kieran, we both know this quite well, is a rolling three-year cycle. So this year's accounts will be quite important for Chelsea if they're going to be able to find their way around financial fair play, given in 2021 they lost 152 million quid. Now, there'll be a, a significant raft of allowable adjustments in there for COVID and other bits and bobs that may have featured in those accounts, but I still think they're going to be nip and tuck on the 105 million that they're allowed to lose every three seasons, alongside the fact they actually aren't allowed to lose virtually anything to compete in the Champions League. What say you, Kieran? I, I think they are uh, f fairly close to the, the limits as far as 22 is concerned. But remember, they sold Abrahams and they sold Tamori, which which who both players came through the academy. Bank and that's big profits, £70 million. Yeah. Pounds pull. yeah, that that's fixed the problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Kieran, I want to jump in. What, what should we read into the way Brighton are behaving at the moment? I mean, is this to be admired? Arsenal come in with a bid, it, they fail to get Moises Casado. So they thought, right, we need to go back in with more. So they did, 70 million. Brighton said yesterday, and they're standing firm today, he's not going anywhere. Brighton saying no to 70 million for a player they bought for just over four. Well, um, Tony Bloom is a very successful businessman. What does Tony Bloom want most of all? It's to see Brighton play in Europe. And... Uh, Moises Caicedo will go in the summer. There's no doubt about that. And, and he'll probably still go for at least 60 to 70 million. If he can play for the rest of the season, provided he is focused, get Brighton, even if it's a Euro Euro European conference competition, um, from Tony Bloom's perspective, you know, given that he took over the club when he was playing in, a, in an athletics track in League One, that would be his objective achieved. 
Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the figures, Kieran. We're, we're currently at 511 million. So we could add another 115 million onto that as and when Chelsea secure the services of Enzo Fernandez in Lisbon today. This is going to be a record that boggles the eye, to be quite frank with you. And yet in the next window, do you think we'll see, we'll see even more records set? I think, uh, as Simon intimated, that having spent £2.5 billion on buying the club, Todd Bowley wants the wants Chelsea now to, to fit into his vision of football. We did see very similar with regards to Roman Abramovich acquiring Chelsea in 2003. And if you look at the, the inflation-adjusted, football inflation-adjusted figures for uh, Abramovich's first season, he spent 692. Yeah, so very, very similar. Effectively, back, back the managers, back the coaches, back the advisors, um, and, and try to try to re re reinvigorate the club with with a new design. Um, and that's Todd Bowley's approach. And he feels that on the back of that, commercial partners will will be prepared to pay more money. Chelsea have um sponsorship deals coming up for renewal and, and they'll be able to leverage on the back of that. How should how should Chelsea fans listening to us this morning? And they're all getting in touch this morning. So too Arsenal fans. Kieran, specifically Chelsea, if they take a step back the, the, they were extremely nervous when Abramovich le left the building and, and indeed left the country, seemingly for good. So how should they view this American ownership? Um, it's, it's a high risk, potentially high reward strategy. If the, if, if the players that have been recruited um, increase in value, then Chelsea have the benefit of having them locked into long contracts on uh, on wages structures, which will have, they will have certain step ups, but they will probably be cheaper than having to go out into the market or three or four years. Um, if, if it comes off, Todd Bowley will be, be, be held a genius. If it doesn't, it's going to create a huge anchor going forwards because what happens if you've got these players on six or seven million pound a year contracts who can't get the same money elsewhere, you know, they'll be quite happy sitting at home playing on their Xbox rather than moving <laughs> to another club. And, and, and I think that's where the problems could lie. Yeah. Football finance expert, Kieran Maguire, you're going to be a busy man today. You are all the time. Uh, I know that, but especially so today. Kieran, thank you so much. Probably return to, to Kieran in the in the course of the day, Simon. It's a great who, stat, then. Who knows, maybe later tonight. Go on. It's a great stat that he just pulled out there where he showed you the inflation of Abramovich's spend in his first windows against the, today's pricing and actually Abramovich spent 690 million quid factoring in inflation that's an interesting stat I mean I don't think you can use inflation just necessarily in football terms but it's an interesting one to be able to I, I made the observation at the top of the show which is we've never seen spending like it yeah we obviously have yes on that basis your 100% essential download outspoken with White and Jordan here's the thing I want to ask you would you be more vociferous about Chelsea's business if the same kind of numbers were being produced by the Saudis at Newcastle um no I don't necessarily think so I don't like this spend I've said I like, don't like this spend I think it's hugely profligate I think it's hyperinflating the marketplace and it's driving a transfer window which of which they're making 40 to 50% of the spend um up but they're also approaching it slightly differently they're trying to think their way through it I don't think that there is any um, uh, a lack of science in this. I think Todd Bowley knows precisely what he's doing and the way that he's doing it. People are sort of sitting around suggesting that because of the fact he's American, because of the fact he suggested there's an all-star game, and because of the fact he got rid of Thomas Tuchel, and because of the fact he wanted to be involved at the beginning of the season, that he doesn't know what he's doing. Every single transaction that he's doing 
has rhyme and reason behind it. And and the financial landscape they're navigating is they're trying to overcome by looking at the transfer spend that they're putting in place, looking at the way they put it on their balance sheet by spreading it over longer term contracts, yeah. and looking at who they might sell in the future, and also looking at the values of transfers they brought in when they sold Tammy Abraham, which will support their their finances. So when you just listen to Kieran Maguire talk about it, it's the same space that I'm in. First of all, I don't think it's a breach of financial fair play or a loophole in any shape or form. And I think it's absurd that the UEFA are trying to bring it back down to contractual terms that they decide about five years as a maximum. Um, and, and secondly, you know, the thought process behind it, whilst an element of risk, there's a lot more to it than just Chelsea sitting there like Abramovich did in 2003 and saying, right, boom, here I come. This is a very different purchase than was bought then. I know that Kieran has talked to us about, Kieran Maguire talked to us about the inflation re- relationship mm. between mm. what Abramovich spent with Ranieri and then Mourinho in his first few seasons against what they're spending now. And it's actually dwarfing what they're spending now. But let's get some context. What they're spending now is they will have accounted for, in these two transfer markets, in excess, I suspect, if they complete this deal of this Benfica player, of nearly 25% of the entire spend in this country. Half a billion. Yeah. About half a billion well, they, quid in the two know, windows. They, they go 600 million now, and yeah. what was done in, in August was about 1.4, wasn't it? Something of that nature, right. give or take, right? They will have accounted for nearly 20, if not more than 25%, one club. They By, by the by the law of, of, of averages, it should be 5% per club. I know it doesn't work that way, but for them to be so dominant in this spend pattern, it signifies the fact that they are the first people to have ever bought a football club for what people perceive these clubs to be worth. You know, when Newcastle gets bought, buying Newcastle for 300 million quid and buying Chelsea for two and a half billion is like night and day. Of course, of course. And so you're not surprised then. Because I always say, the smallest amount of money you're ever going to spend is the cheque you write out first to buy the club. (laughs) Well, they're beginning to prove that because if this is going to be a pattern they continue alongside balancing the finances, selling young players. When they bring players through that might find themselves in the first team, like, say, Trevor Chalabar, and they go and sell him for 25 million quid if they were to, straight profit that. That negates some of the depreciation they've got on players they've bought for 80 million quid. And there's thought and there's proper thinking going behind, behind what Bowley's doing. Proper thinking. Proper thinking. Does it heap more pressure on Potter? Proper commercial thinking. Well, yeah, of course, because you can't have this embarrassment of riches and produce a team that's the run to the litter. Yeah, it needs to be at the lose, top of the tree. Lose the first couple of games post this window. We wouldn't be having this conversation, I, I, ironically, if if Chelsea were in the top four and really doing quite well. The fact the fact that the, the, problem, the problem is exacerbated, or it, or the thinking is exacerbated, but hang on a second, you got rid of Thomas Tuchel who won the Champions League. No one knows the backstory. I've got an understanding of some of the backstory and the reasons why that Tuchel was gone. And quite frankly, if I was in um, top bowler shoes, I'd have done the same thing. I know you know the background to I, that. I do. Um, and so with that in mind, there's no surprise there. But when you look at it and go, Tuchel's taken out. Bowler's in there as a new American owner that, that people automatically want to suggest has got a Ted, Ted Lasso-ish feel about it. Yeah. And, 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 and they're spending money like drunken sailors and their team's 10th or 9th in the league. So with all that in mind, it doesn't write a good narrative, but it won't be for long. Chelsea will be at the top of the tree sooner rather than later. But what it does, it could go to your original question, no, I wouldn't be sitting there. I don't like profligacy. I don't like spend for spend's sake. And if, you know, and with Newcastle were spending money, Newcastle spent 200 million quid in two transfer windows. It's insignificant compared to what Chelsea, but significant compared to where Newcastle are coming from, the point they're coming from. They're coming from a huge step off. Ashley spent nothing in the 14 years that he was there. These guys have walked through the door, set, set it on fire in comparison economically. So we've got to be uh, fair in our, in our thinking. And I've said... 
Newcastle spending's been really good. Yeah, but here's the thing. Yeah, you, you, you hammered the way Abramovich went about it because that distorted the, the entire landscape at the time. Ah. Why are you giving bullying his but people? That, but a that's pass? not. But that's not true. You see, because I used to have an argument regularly with Trevor Sinclair when he was in here about why do you always pick on Man City and why do you always pick on PSG, but you never mention Chelsea in the conversation. So uh, that was a, the right to be correct. Simon, actually, we asked you about Abramovich's legacy and you ripped him apart. Yeah, he he was Jack Walker started it first. He came in and took it to a new level, and then Sheikh Mansour took it to an even higher level, or depends lower level, depends upon your point of view. I think it's a race to the bottom of economics in football. Other people will think it's a race to the top. But well, Bayern Chelsea have taken it to a new level. Well, of course they're giving him a pass. Well, of course they are because they are doing something very different than anyone's ever done before. They're buying a football club at some ridiculously absurd value, and football has changed. I never liked what Abramovich did. I liked it even less because he really started it when we arrived in the Premier League in two thousand and four. So it made my life incredibly difficult. Look at that. Look at that tongue-in-cheek messenger from the Chelsea fan I absolutely love it when Chelsea ruined football he's a Chelsea fan well look I don't Are like they? The, the, the reason why a football club has been bought for two and a half billion quid if we like that or we don't like it is because of Sky and the broadcast deals that were done and because of the new set of owners that came in which was started by Abramovich has it been a force for good this runaway train of economics that are paying players too much money and probably valuing clubs at far too much more than what they're really worth in my view probably not but there's no point being King Canute and saying I tell you what I'm going to tell the sea to go back just because I don't want it to come rolling forward towards me there's a Man City fan listen Simon if this was Manchester City doing this you'd be hammering the, the football club this is hypocrisy on your part so so, so which part of the do, do I need to do it in semaphore so people can hear and see what I'm saying the same thing I don't like it I don't think it's you're on YouTube and Facebook give it I don't think it's clever I don't like it I don't like it when Man City do it but no one's done it like this but I also think there is more method to their madness I mean Todd Bowley isn't dressing it up as some project where he loves to be in Manchester he's dressing it up for what it is it's a private equity play we're buying a football club we're going to build an image around the world we're going to monetise the fans that we've got around the world we're going to get a whole raft of unanonymised data and use it to build a football club that has inherent value for something we bought two and a half billion for it's as clear as day what he's doing do I like the fact they're spending 500 million quid to achieve that probably not and it's no different from Man City, and it's no different from an Abramovich. Unless you say that they are the devil incarnate, these these pillocks that may want to pick up every <laughs> single word I say get all that, their noses bent out of shape. You bet they do. There's another one. Is Sam and Jordan a secret Chelsea fan? No, I'm bleeding well not. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Simon, we've said earlier on, this is said to be a record Jan- January window spend in the yep. Premier League. The previous one was uh, in 2018, $430 million. Yep. Smashed that wide open and apart. $511 million yep. is, is standing in that. That will take it uh, to, to an incredible figure uh, if uh, Enzo Fernandez later on today yep. joins Chelsea. Yep. It, will, it will push it way up uh, through $600 million quid. Yep. So it begs the question, as the Premier League looks set to smash a new record in this month does it make it all the more laughable that the same Premier League has yet to come up with a new deal for football with extra money distributed to the EFL does it make it more laughable well they're not under any obligation to do so because the Premier League is an entity in its own right as a commercial deal currently in place does it put them in a more in a more challenging position when the argument will constantly get being pushed forward about the, about a distribution model that isn't working we all know it isn't working and the independent regulator being empowered to such a level that they're able to start cutting their teeth on the way that the uh, commercial deals in this country are held together. Of course it does. But you also have to remember that there's one club driving this marketplace right now. If we, if Chelsea go and spend 115 million quid on this kid from, um, from Benfica. Benfica, they'll have spent 50% of the spend in this marketplace. You can't then tar the entire Premier League with one club's prepared to spend 50% of the transfer spend in this marketplace and 25% of the overall transfer spend. Now, that does not mean, and we both know where my arg- what my views are on this, the way that this model has been set up is outrageous. There should be better distributions. Of course there should have been, but the idiots that have gone before that have run the Football League, that have allowed the Premier League to sell off into the like sunset. Who? Well, the Football League chairman and the original originators of the deal in the first place, the FA, that have a, an ability to be able to have a casting vote on how things are held together well the tail wags the dog yeah the premier league was licensed by the fa and now the premier league runs english football and that shouldn't be the case and then you get ridiculous people like christian perslow coming in here and telling us how they bailed out the football league by facilitating i I do want people to pause and listen to this facilitating the loan that the efl got facilitating not paying or giving facilitating the loan that means that the premier league gave virtually nothing to uh, the english pyramid and some would say if you're in the world of capitalism why should they it's their job to look after themselves if the rest of the football pyramid can't look after itself then why should there be their job yeah, they're, but the they're premier not like, league's with money simon well they're, they're not that like america is america in the world is the world's policeman premier league isn't the policeman of english football but you're absolutely right jim it's a wash with money but it's not a wash with profits it's a wash with money. It goes round in a circle. It goes out of the door to the agents. We're quite happy to see the agents generate more money from football than is getting paid into the pyramid by the Premier League. I mean, think think of that one. The agents that trade in the margins, fall in between the gaps, do very little for the well-being of football, are actually, in, at certain times, getting paid more money than the distribution to the 72 clubs outside of the Premier League. But it comes down to what people are prepared to do. Rick Parry is now at the seat. The architect and the initiator of the parachute payments now tells everybody that the greatest evil known to man in football terms. Well, that was great. Why didn't you think of it then? Here we are now with the independent regulator that I I feel will be a real challenge for English football unless they water it down. And, of course, you'll get this sort of Trotsky-like Gary Neville pop up and turn around and say the independent regulator should have every single power 
and they, they're worried about the idea it's being watered down. But if this regulator comes in and decides that the framework of the commercial deals in English football need to be changed and better distribution, A, he'll be right. B, it'll be precisely what the Premier League deserve because they won't deal with it. I think they can stare it down. And, and, and ultimately, it could create massive problems into the investability of English football beyond where it is now because if all of a sudden... You, sit, you turn around to these Premier League clubs and say, now you've got to kick 25% of your revenues in place down to the pyramid because the regulators told you you have to. You're going to then find out that ultimately you're going to have a very different Premier League than the one you've got now. Now, that might be a good thing because I do believe that the other 72 clubs in this country are equally as important. And the reason, why the, Premier League, the reason why the Premier League is so powerful and so unique is because of the pyramid in this country. But somehow or another, this financial deal for the distribution will probably not be given quite the teeth for the regulator but I think they deserve it but the answer you're making is why can, does this show how laughable it is mm. well it's only laughable insofar as it becomes an act of self-harm on the Premier League that it's used as a weapon to turn around to the Premier League and say how dare you not help the rest of football if that weapon isn't able isn't able to be armed then why is it laughable hard-edged hard-nosed hard to beat Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.